Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Hello, and welcome to another edition of Nurses Out Loud Q&A with the Nurses. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and I am joined today by Nurse Jody. Together, we are here to answer your burning questions, address your comments, and provide the support that you need on your healthcare journey. We've heard you loud and clear. You wanted more interactivity, more engagement, and we are here to deliver. We want to hear your stories, your challenges, and help you to find the solutions you're looking for. This is your chance to be a part of the conversation. Each episode will be featuring your questions and comments, tackling the topics that matter most to you. From career advice to self-care tips, we are here to empower and uplift our community. Send us your questions, share your experiences, and let us know what you want us to discuss. We are here to create a space where we can all learn, grow, and thrive. Remember, this isn't just about us sharing our knowledge. We want to hear from you. Your voice matters and your experiences are valuable. So send us those emails to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring these questions and comments every Tuesday on this special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Jody, welcome in this morning. Ah, welcome. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a beautiful day. Absolutely. I know you're just getting off shift. So thank you for jumping on with me. Yes, absolutely. It, 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 it's always good to talk to you. So absolutely, I enjoy it. I do too. It's always, it's always uh, interesting what we can come <laughs> up with. <laughs> it is. I will have to tell you, I'm a little slap happy now uh, because yeah. I did not take a nap before I worked last. Oh my goodness. I'm a little delirious. <laughs> I, I remember well what that's like. You know, I used to um I used to work about 90 minutes from from home. So I was a, a, a quite a commute. It was uh, in Kentucky. I was a WKU grad. I worked over at uh, Bowling Bowling Green Med Center. Um I don't know if they'll claim me, but I, that's where I worked, right? <laughs> and it was about 90 minutes from home like in driving to work was great it was fantastic you know there was no traffic I worked night shift um and it was just like a nice chill commute but you know in the morning of course yeah you get a little slap happy after your 12-hour shift that's never really just 12 hours right it's usually more like 13 14 hours when all is said and done and there were many many a day where you would find me um, either on the side of the interstate or in a parking lot somewhere taking a little bit of a nap. So, yeah, sometimes definitely you have to do that. I, I remember when I was in nursing school and I worked night shift that I, you know, had like woken myself up as I'm on the highway. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just fall asleep? Mm-hmm. You know? 
gets that like split second. second. Yep. I've had that happen before and I'm like, okay, no, I have to pull over. And then there's other times when I just feel like I'm on autopilot and I'm like, how did I even get here? Like I'll just end up home all of a sudden. And that always freaks me out just a little bit. Oh my gosh. I know. Talk about not being present. Um, I hate when that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. I remember one time I was getting the kids into the car and they were older. I don't know, maybe like seven. No, probably like nine and six or something. And I drove away and they were saying, mom, mom. And they were halfway out of the car. They hadn't gotten in. And I thought that they were in the car. Oh, no. And I went to pull away from the house. Like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's not funny, but <laughs> like talking about it now. Yeah. Right. Uh, being that present. Just exactly that level of distraction and, you know, chaos in, in our lives and our daily lives. It's very important to, yes, try to be as present in the moment, kind of stop and, you know, and uh, realize where you are, what you're doing, that, that sort of thing. Because, um, yeah, we, we can pretty we can get caught up, right? exactly life is crazy and the next thing you know you're like daydreaming Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're like oh no i'm supposed how did i even do this you know you should you should should see the things that go through my mind oh my lord that's a whole other episode (laughs) we're not going to talk about that today okay let's go on a question Uh, let's go to that's a great time to pivot to questions okay perfect All right. And our first question this morning is from Marilyn R. And Marilyn asks, is there a way to access your first year episodes? I'm in search of the two episodes with the 21 questions uh, for those who support the current childhood vaccines. The first episode posed the question. The next episode had the answers. I posed uh, this is the year uh, these were played and was assured all episodes were accessible. Now it appears the accessible previous episodes extend back through only 2023. Am I missing something? Thank you so much. You guys rock. Well, thank you, Marilyn. Um, we, we They should be accessible. We will double check that to make sure. And I will email you a link to those specific episodes, but that was nurse Michelle. Wasn't it uh, Michelle that did those 20 questions to ask your healthcare provider. Uh, there was a uh, fantastic episodes and um, everything should be accessible on the website. There should be at the bottom um, of the, of the page where you can actually turn the page and you should be able to select um, and, and go back and forth and navigate through several pages. Um, so you'd probably have to go back. I would say probably three or four pages by now. We've had quite a few episodes uh, since then but we will make sure that you get an, a link to those specific episodes for you. And thank you, Marilyn. Thank you for listening. Uh, if, and if there's any other issues or any problems accessing those episodes, just please let us know. All right. Yeah. Michelle put, Michelle put a lot of time and effort into that. She really, so. really did. She has some fantastic resources and the show notes that go along with that has, I believe have like some, uh, the, everything's in printed form. So you can literally print that out and bring it with you the the question right 
you can bring that with you to your healthcare provider. So it's really fantastic resource. Uh, Michelle really does go out of her way to make sure that uh, she's providing great, accurate information, educational resources for everybody. So thank you and kudos to Nurse Michelle um, for getting that valuable information out there to the people. Yeah. All right. And let's see, that's our next question. All right. I am listening to the nurse. This is from Susan N. She said, I'm listening to the nurse's show and the topic autumn. What is CPS? I thought it was social services, but I'm not so sure. It would help if you would occasionally identify the abbreviations you are using. I love the nurse's show. Well, thank you, Susan. And we apologize for that. You know, as nurses, we we tend to, I think we have a real tendency with um, abbreviations and acronyms. Don't you think, Jody? We do. Yeah, absolutely. And we sometimes forget. I, I try. Yeah, we we sometimes forget. I I try to do that with my guests too. When they start throwing out acronyms, I I try to stop and say, "Wait, yeah, this is what they mean," you know, and and really try to make it like third grade level, you know. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's what we we do strive to do that. And but you know, sometimes we we just. I think sometimes we go off on a tangent and we might we might forget. So I apologize. But yes, CPS stands for Child Protective Services. And it's different in every state. So some call it um, uh, DHS, DCF, Department of Children and Family Services, Department of uh, Human Services. So a lot of it just depends on what state you are as to what it's referred to. But yes, it's uh, like social services um, uh, that, that come in for protective services of the, the child. Um, so that is what that, that means. You want to talk a little bit about CPS, Jody? Yeah. So, um, right. It's child protective services. Uh, the same is, you know, if we have adult protective services, that would be APS. Um, but yeah, so child protective services is supposed to, monitor the safety and welfare of the child. But I know that there's been a lot of uh, controversy surrounding the organization. Um, You know, people are talking about that, you know, they sex traffic children. And um, I think Tara Rhodes uh, exposed CPS. Yeah. Um, and child protective service. Yeah. I don't think it's a organization. I really don't. I see how they waste their time on silly things when there's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more um, injuries that are happening. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, there's really always been. There's always been a lot of controversy around CPS just in general, and it used to be more that it was just kind of, um, you know, they're overburdened, they're understaffed, th- that sort of thing. And children have always suffered. If you if you talk to anybody who's been inside the system, they will almost beg you, but please don't. Like, I always tell people, if you suspect something, I mean, you have to, you know, identify what's going on and, you know, tr- try to find the appropriate authorities to report to, but... At the same time, you know, try any other way that you can, <laughs> because if you once you get CPS, it's not to be taken lightly, because there are people who no. are off CPS 
for for any reason, for anything at all, for you don't, you know, you don't like their political leanings. I don't know. I've, I've seen that happen. Literally, I've seen people um, call CPS because they have a disagreement with somebody, a friend of theirs, and they'll say, well, I'm going to call CPS. They really uh, throw that around like it's no big deal. But you really don't understand the um, the level of disruption that this can cause in somebody's life. Um, and then it's it's very damaging. It can be very, very damaging to the child that ends up in the system. So I would employ you all. You know, I'm not saying that if there's something serious that needs to be addressed that you don't um, report it to the appropriate authorities, but you really have to um, use caution when you're doing this. Would you agree? Right. Because when somebody gets in the system, they're in the system. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And as we we've seen, um, CPS has really been weaponized. It's very much so been weaponized. And we saw that in the case of um, Autumn Shaw and of, um, you know, medical kidnapping cases around the country. You know, CPS um, is, is being used to intimidate and coerce compliance, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can have, you know, it's not like the, the, it's a PhD, you know, professor level education. Uh, but, you know, that this one person, and I don't even know what kind of education, probably two year social, uh, uh, social, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Worker, uh, yeah, social worker. Oh my god, that's that, <laughs> that night shift will get you every time, <laughs> really. Uh, but you know, they they have a lot of pull, yeah, and say, and and it's it's a very quite frightening, you know, how how much we feel like we're parents and we get. CPS and stuff gets involved, like, you know, with uh, Autumn or or uh, Saving Maya. Was that the name? Uh, um, take take care of Maya. The story of Maya. Take Kowal, care. Yeah, who was yeah. kidnapped, and her a mom very sadly um, ended up committing suicide in order to free her daughter from this system. Yeah, horrific. Horrific. Yeah. Horrific. So if you have not seen that uh, that documentary, it's a Netflix documentary. It's called Take Care of Maya. I would implore you to watch that and just really be aware um, of, of the system. Of Again, it's not just about it being overburdened any longer. It, and it's been like that for, for a long time. But almost anybody that's been inside the system will tell you how horrific it is uh, to, to have that experience of being a child trapped in that system. Right. Very sad. All right. Well, we're going to move on. We've got a question here from Lainey and it says, uh, you had a nurse on one of your programs who was talking about the terrible episodes her mom experienced while in the hospital. Um, you mentioned having an advocate. If you end up in the hospital, I live alone and have no family or friends who can be an advocate. Is there an advocacy agency that people can hire an advocate? And uh, Lainey, and she's, oh, she goes on to say, I love your program and all the information on the work the nurses are doing. God bless. Thank you, Lainey, so much for your question. And absolutely, um, I actually have an organization called Remnant Nursing, and we do provide advocacy services in addition to what we do um, as far as nurse coaching, health coaching. We have a lot of um, 
functional medicine consultations and health and wellness that we do, but we do also provide advocacy services. So to um, access those, it's you need to become a member. We're a private membership association. So you would visit our website. It's remnantnursing.org. And you just really need to sign up to be a member. It's $30 a month or $300 for the year. And the what I typically will recommend for people is to just go ahead and do an initial consultation with a nurse. The um, initial comprehensive consultation is $200. And once you do that, we have all of your information on file. We have all of your medical history, all of your medications, um, everything that we need. So if an emergency situation arises, we are going to have all of the information that we need in order to go to bat for you. Because a lot of times when these situations occur, um, you don't have a lot of warning and typically time is of the essence. So I think it's very, very important to just uh, get that, at least that part out of the way. And then again, it's only $30 a month until you need our services for advocacy and we are right there to serve you. Again, so it's remnantnursing.org and we would be happy to talk with you and give you more information about what we what we do there at Remnant Nursing. That's a great question. And I think more and more yes, people are starting to ask that. They are because they're starting to realize like, hey, it's better to be prepared than than not. And there's a lot of people that are older that live on their own. Yeah. You know, you'd be amazed at how many 90-year-olds uh, live on their own at home, yeah. you know, and, they, and they're sick and they come into the ER and, and then... You know, it's always so weird, you know, discharging like a 95 year old at three in the morning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, do live on their own. And um, having this service that you're providing, Kimberly, uh, is, is wonderful. And so people, you know, you, you sign up because it's a private membership. Um, and it's $30 a month and then you buy blocks of time. Um, and, and how is it? it it's in incremental, right? They could buy an hour. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can buy, um, you can buy like just individual sessions or you could buy uh, the bundles are, uh, five, uh, five hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, I believe. And those hours never expire and you can use them for your advocacy services. You can use them for consultations. Um, you can use them for triage and, you know, whatever it is that you need. Um, and then just whenever they expire, you can go ahead and, and purchase some more. And, but what I really like about it is we don't require you to purchase hours, right? So you can just do the $30 a month. And if you need services, then you can go ahead and, and purchase those hours. So I, I don't, you know, want to want anybody to feel kind of pressured to, to buy um, more than because they might think, oh, I, I may not need them, you know, um, and that's fine. We, you can, I would implore you to just, again, join to have access to the services, do that first consultation so that you, we have your information. And then if something occurs, it really just takes uh, just a click of a button to purchase that the hour pack, the hours bundle, and then we'll be um, able and ready to serve you. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of peace of mind that comes with being prepared yes. to know that you have a nurse in your back pocket is, is, I mean, it's invaluable. It really is. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm good because I know that they have advocates at the hospital. They have patient advocates at the hospital. 
And you've probably heard me say this before. Those are not patient advocates. Okay. I don't care what their job title is. They're not patient advocates. They are hospital advocates and they are always going to advocate for the best interest of their facility that is cutting their paycheck. Right. <laughs> um, that's so exactly that, right. You know, that's just, it, it is what it is. They are not going to go against their uh, facility to, to really rock the boat. If you have a good nurse, a really, really good bedside nurse, your good bedside nurses. Well, I know I did. I'm certain you did, Jody. I know you did. I know you did. We see evidence of that in your video with Project Veritas where you were advocating uh, for your patient to get the ivermectin and you were going back and forth with pharmacy. So if you get a good bedside nurse, um, they will advocate and, and really go to bat for you. But I would say the the like actual ones with patient advocate in their job title, I think it's more like case management, don't you think, Jody? I do, yeah. And if the hospital does have a patient advocate, you know, that is their nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday or whatever. Uh, like Kimberly said, they are an employee of the hospital. They are going to do whatever the hospital protocol is and procedure. They're going to follow that and, you know, sure, taking some of your wants and desires into consideration, but they are um, a paycheck employee, just like the hospitalists, you know, the doctors that go to the hospital, they're paycheck employees too. They take orders from somebody above them. And, uh, and it's not the true physician patient relationship anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I, I just think, I, I know there's a lot of peace that comes with being prepared. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like me getting ivermectin in my cabinet. I got it in October of 2020, that in hydroxychloroquine. I never needed to use it until, you know, well over a year, December of 2021. And, um, but I had it and it was nice to know that I had it. And whenever I traveled, I took it with me. And I thought if I ever need it, I have it. And it it's a really cool feeling to have. So uh, same with having an advocate. You can have a friend that's a nurse or your sister-in-law's brother's stepson is a nurse, right? But they're not going to treat you like an advocate with somebody that you are in a professional relationship with. Exactly, because a lot of times emotions will get involved um, in that. Uh, so I think it's always best to have not a family member. I mean, you're certainly family members can advocate and will advocate on on your behalf. But many times it's just better to remove that emotional component. And people will actually, as far as like the doctors and the nurses, will will better uh, be able to communicate with a professional versus the the family member that they're going to label that family member. You know that family member, right, Jody? Yes, exactly. And furthermore, you know they have their own life, so they'll answer your call when they can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they're not going to treat it like it's a job. Right. Um, so that's another big, that's another big, um, plus is, is to have someone that, you know, that, you know, you're in a professional relationship and you're, they're going to answer the phone, <laughs> you and know, just to say, and just to kind of, I, I know, you know, this as a nurse, you would not believe the number of text messages and phone calls that, and this is even before I've ever done anything with, with this, 
any of it. Um, just that you even with COVID, even before COVID, just like in general, just like oh, you're yeah. a nurse. Can you look at this, or can you tell me about this, or that? You know, those sort of uh, phone calls that we get from people, and it's only, of course, with COVID, it got it got it, it just it exploded, and you know, we all want to help as many people as we can. But um, yeah, it can get to be overwhelming. And now we're doing everything I'm doing. I have a lot of people that reach out to me all the time with what they feel like is really simple questions. And but can't you just answer my question? And, you know, it, it can be very overwhelming because if you understood the, the amount of people that want that five minutes from you, you know, um, with everything right. else you have going on it's a lot, right? It, it's a lot. So I would implore you to really not do that to all the nurses in your life, because a lot of times, you know, we work our shifts and it's, it, we want to help everybody. Right. And so the worst thing you can do is start is, is always ask a nurse. These things, because we're not going to tell you, no, we're just going, <laughs> we're not going to tell you, no, we're going to continue to help you. And we're going to continue to stretch ourselves so thin um, that we can, you know, I just always ask people to please be considerate, you know, of, of our time and of our resources and uh, because it's, it can be very draining, you know, that we want to do other, we want to have a life outside of nursing, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And you know, I, I said this too last week, but I think I love it. It's like having a nurse on retainer. You have an attorney on retainer. You have a nurse on retainer. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't say enough about and the the incredible team uh, that we have over at Remnant. They're just amazing. And they, you know, Gail was on the show with us uh, last week. Did the the show about the medical kidnapping crisis and. Um, she, what a fantastic advocate she was. She really stood up and, um, and fought so incredibly hard along with the entire team for Autumn. And, you know, thanks to her and uh, her tenacity. I mean, and I loved it. We talked a little bit about, you know, how the judge wouldn't allow anybody to speak, any of the medical professionals that we had in the room, in the courtroom, she wouldn't allow anybody to speak. But Gail, let me tell you, Gail got her, her voice heard, um, which I, oh, I love it. I absolutely love about Gail. She was like, oh, no, no. So she just pretty much interrupted the judge and said what she had to say. And I was in that moment so proud of Gail uh, for doing that. Yes. Yeah, she's a little firecracker. There's so many of us that have met, you know, over these last couple of years that are just doing wonderful, amazing things. And yeah, we were pretty blessed. You know, lots of friends and stuff that, fell by the wayside um who's still there kind of lurking but don't reach out anymore you know i think god has really blessed us with some amazing warriors on our side that's so true jody you know all of the nurses and let me tell you i had a really good relationship with all of the nurses that i worked with you know we had a great some of them i've worked with for decades right um i've had a great great relationship with these people and, you know, very interactive, like on social media, you know, they were liking your posts or they would always comment on posts, uh, share your things. And then all of a sudden it was like, it went radio silent, you know, just they're there, right. They haven't unfriended me. Not all of them. Some of them have, but they haven't unfriended me. They just, all of a sudden they won't so much as like a post or, you know, I don't, I've gotten to the point where I don't even, you know, when Facebook memories come up, I don't even like to share those pictures anymore or tag them in it because I I know it makes them uncomfortable. 
because they don't want to be affiliated with me. And that, I mean, I'll admit it, actually, it really hurts my feelings a little bit um, because I often. Yeah, want- well, then they could just unfollow you and not have to yeah. see it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it really, I mean, it just hurts my feelings that they don't like interact with me at all anymore. They just pretend like I'm not here, you know? And, and I just, right. They pretend like you're not here, but they're still your friend, quote unquote. So they're right. still following you. Exactly. Exactly. I'd almost rather you just, you know, cut cut the ties and um, just, you know, make it, make it official and let me know where you really stand. Right. Make it official. <laughs> make it official. Just go ahead and hit the unfriend. I mean, you might as well at this point. You know? If you're breaking up with me, <laughs> do it like you mean it, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> like none of this break it to me gently stuff, you know, come on, just <laughs> right. go ahead and do it. Rip off the bandaid, you know? Um, I almost want to just go through, I, if I had the, the time, but my bandwidth is so low, I would just go go through and unfriend them all. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty sad to to see that it's it's gone that way. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, they just, or sometimes they will come back and say, did you see, I had a, a, a former coworker that came back and kind of snapped back at me a little bit the other day. So that was interesting. And I, I invited her on the show. Oh, wait, that was a former coworker. Yes, ma'am. Yes, it was. Teresa, so she yeah. knows, so yeah. she knows you. She knows me well. Oh, wow. She knows me well. She's known me for for years. So that's the kind of thing. It doesn't bother me when other people say stuff like that. But when people who know me and when people who have worked with me and they know the kind of nurse that I am, it just breaks my heart that they would think that, you know, why do you think I'm doing this? You know how hard I work to become a nurse. You know how much I love everything about being a nurse. Like, why do you think I would give all of this up for for this? Because let me tell you, this isn't fun. Right. I don't think they they know who you are, Kimberly, and, and what type of person you are. Yeah. Uh, th- that's very apparent from the first time that you meet. I can only imagine, you know, meeting you for the first time as a coworker in the ICU, mm-hmm. you know, I, you would, you would help. I, I just know what type of nurse you would be. And so these people that are saying these things, right. So first of all, she's still following you. Yeah. She's still following yeah. you and you post a lot. I do. So the fact mm-hmm. that she is still seeing your post enough to comment tells you a lot. And the way she's responded um, tells you even more. She's hurting. She is, I mean, her people, her people, period. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Her people, her people. And the way that she responded and said, oh, you're going to attack me. And I even stepped in on that one. And I was like, oh, enough with the dramatics. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, no, I was really, I was just trying to make you feel more comfortable because I wanted it to be a fair and balanced discussion. Because if it's myself, you and Michelle against one, I mean, it's just going to be a perceived attack, no matter which way you put it. So I'm only trying to ensure that you're comfortable, you're comfortable, and then we have a fair and balanced discussion. 
Um, but good luck with finding three people who would be willing to come on and and uh, and you know spit a little bit on this microphone. But <laughs> there's not that many. Well, we're up against. Right. We're up against a break, but we will uh, be back in a dig more into this here in just a few minutes. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is what. Asiya believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel and be our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health, regulating hormone balance, supporting gut health, to soothing the skin, even reducing the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and cellulite and providing targeted support for mind, mood, energy, and even our body's own production of collagen. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in becoming your best self and fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so you can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I am here with Nurse Jody, and we are answering your questions and comments as we do every Tuesday on this special Q&A episode with the nurses. Let's jump right back in. 
All right, Jody, thank you for joining me today. Um, I think we've got a couple more questions. We covered a lot in that first half, um, but we've got a couple more questions here. Let me see. All right, from Bobby P. So Bobby says, hi, nurses. I was active military when I received my COVID vaccine at age 32. I've never been a conspiracy theorist, but this is when my severe anxiety started. I now have myocarditis and I'm convinced it was from the shot. How do I share the truth without sounding like a conspiracy theorist? Wow. Oh, well, I wish I had more information. Yeah. Like when did the myocarditis occur? What, if any, were your comorbidities? You know, did you have a a significant family history of heart disease? Are you overweight? We have to, to, well, let's just go on the, let's, I mean, not to make assumptions, but um, I mean, he's active military, right? So, you know, you have to pass rigorous uh, physical, um, physical exams and and testing to even to get in. Um, So he's likely not unhealthy. That's my take. Correct. He's 32, so he's young. Yeah. He's young. You would think he was, I mean, at least healthy enough to um, be active military. So I don't think, I, I don't think he's like a CHF or like morbidly obese. I just, that's, I'm going to just to surmise, you know, that he's not, but. But. Um, well, I mean, you know, that's one of the things I blew the whistle on yeah. my patient, you know, in the ER, was in his 30s and he developed congestive heart failure, myocarditis, pericarditis uh, on his second shot. He got his second shot on a Tuesday and um, immediately developed a cough that was frequent. And by Saturday, He is in the emergency room with severe shortness of breath and diaphoretic or sweaty, right? He, he was having, he was having issues. So, you know, we, we know that, uh, it is a side effect and, and I would just say, what's his name, Bobby? Yes. Yeah, I would, um, Bobby, I would say, you know what, this is the truth as far as you see it. And all of the evidence points to this being an, a, a side effect, right? It's a adverse it's event, right? It's, it's, um, it's a safety signal and not even so much more safety signal. It's proven now that it does cause myocarditis. So I think it's very important for you to talk about it and let people know Uh, Because what happens when somebody speaks out, you know, they're seen as maybe a little courageous, right? Because it's not, it's not um, really culturally acceptable to say that you have a vaccine injury, you know, especially to a whole bunch of other people that have been injected. So, you know, when you do that, you start opening up dialogue and then people start sharing their stories and their experiences. And then, you know, now, now you have people that are awake 
and, and, you know, empowered to share their story. There's so many people that have suffered injuries because of this and they're afraid to speak out. And I, I say, don't be afraid because courage is contagious. And not only is it healing for you uh, to talk through the, the trauma, right? Because I, I know there was a lot of trauma, a lot of tests, a lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of anxiety, if you will, right? Um, but it helps to heal. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And it's, you know, the and that's it goes back to that, like what we were talking about earlier with um, that uh, former coworker of mine, where she was, it, what it was is that I, I posted something about that young athlete who had died suddenly. Um, very, very sad story. And you know, uh, he was a, a university football player. So we, the, the likelihood that he was vaccinated extremely high. Right. But the first thing she said, well, I didn't see anything where it said he got the COVID vaccine. Well, that isn't something they're advertising after the fact, I will say that. Um, but in all, um, in all likelihood, he was vaccinated considering that the university he was attending required it. And he was a uh, star football player. So that's the thing. People, when they speak out, they get gaslit right? And they get bullied. And I got so upset and so mad. I started like um, showing her all of these people. I was like, look at all of these people. These people matter. I started tagging them in the post. I'm like, listen to their stories, you know, and thankfully that these people are speaking out and it makes it easier for others who are kind of suffering in silence. Um, You know, absolutely. They're afraid they see what happens, you know, and they're like, well, I'm not going to say anything or I'm not going to say it's been related to the vaccine or not. I mean, you remember that um, that beautiful young nursing student who passed away one day after her covid vaccine. She was was 19 or 20 and she um, ended up being life flighted, put on a ventilator, and then she ended up sadly passing away. Just one day after her vaccine, she was a normal, healthy, young nursing student. And nobody could believe that we would even suspect that it was the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And to the point where like her family just, they kind of, they were like, well, we don't know. We're not saying that that's what it was. I mean, they were all just so relentlessly bullied about it. And it, it's just, to me, it's just horrific. So I think that the more that we can, um, you know, share our stories and our experiences, uh, the better off we will all be. And I like Dr. Peter McCullough always says at this point, it is the vaccine until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. We have an right. technology. Why would we, that should be the first thing, the first thing that we're looking at with all of these, because we've never seen numbers like this. Did they? She was starting to post um, information on my timeline that uh, showed that the athletes were dying suddenly before the COVID vaccine. Uh, sure they were, but not in these alarming numbers. And I exactly. Also, I believe that they've actually con- they've conditioned the the public to believe that this has been happening all along. Oh and yeah, just that, the same as say the same as uh, like making up um what sudden adult syndrome sounds sudden adult that's syndrome. yeah that's always been happening, didn't you know? Right, like what? I don't under- I'm like what are you, are you are you kidding right now? Yeah. And I don't know if we're just in some kind of, uh, it really makes me lend um, to that theory of alternate universes, Jody, because I'm like, what world are you living in? 
And it just, it, it's frightening to me, like to be awake and aware and watch everybody else just fall down this kind of hole, you know? Yeah, it, it's wild. It's so wild. I, it's, I, I literally felt like I was walking around with a bunch of zombies that were just going through the motion, you know? Uh, the twilight zone comes to mind and, and now it's, it's even, it's even worse because now it's really a part of our culture, yep. you know, it, 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 how quick did that happen for people to accept, accept so many of the things that happened through COVID is just part of our culture. Oh, that's just the way they do it. You know, you, oh, the, yeah, you wear a mask because I told you to, um, you, you know, you don't go to school, shut down your business, like, you know, everything. Yeah, it was definitely, um, about, you know, I think it was a test run. I do. I believe it was a dress rehearsal for what's to come 2020. Um, and we failed miserably as a society, as far as uh, standing up and, you know, and it just goes to show you what fear can, can do. And how easily, um, you know, how easily that can can turn into compliance and us giving up our security and our freedom. Uh, who was it, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was like, "Screw your freedom." Mm-hmm. We'll never forget. Yeah, that. Um, right. Yeah, doesn't matter. And you know, I I had a patient that came in last night and. The doc was like, yeah, you know, he could sit in the waiting room for a little bit. He and, you know, he came in with a complaint of chest pain. Oh, and, and he, he said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he can yeah, sit in the but, waiting room? Yeah, he said, let him sit in the waiting room for a little bit. Like, get the get the EKG and okay. then let him sit in the waiting room. And yeah. I and he said, I know this guy. He has been here six times in the last seven days wow. with complaints of chest pain uh you know he can recreate it like you know he's already been down this uh you know down the whole slew of tests and ruled everything out um but i'm i'm talking with the patient and and you know as i'm getting his story i said have you ever heard of anxiety has anybody ever told you that you have that and he said yes I mean, this guy, he's like, but it gets cold and there's a shooting pain. And, and then I go numb. And, and I said, I'm not saying that that stuff is not happening, but we're ruling out anything that could kill you. And, you know, and you're coming in, like, we can't keep giving you like, you know, CT scans or something. Right. Cause it's radiation. And, and he's like, Oh, and the doc's like, you know, just let me check and see if I did a CT angio. If I did, uh, that's a cat scan with contrast. And he said, let me just see if I did, because if I did, then he's just getting protonics and he's going home, you know, I'm discharging him. But, to talk with this guy and, and just hear what he has going on. You know, he's got three kids. Uh, he is, um, a mechanic by trade. Um, his girlfriend's dog had had babies, seven of them. And he's like, and she wasn't home. She took the other two kids to go visit her family. And, and he was just like beside himself beside himself 
And it's a young, healthy man, you know, just being overwhelmed and gripped by fear. And, um, and, and that's such a huge part of our society. It is more so now than, than, than ever before that I've ever seen it. And I I recognized that when I worked on the triage lines that this younger generation, Jody, they're really gripped with fear. I had, I'll never forget it. I had a um, caller that was so afraid that he was going to catch COVID because he talked to his supervisor on the phone. Yeah. They weren't around each other. And he thought that like somehow COVID traveled through the phone. I don't know, but, but I can't No, but (laughs) they're, they're irrational, but that's what happens when somebody has anxiety, especially panic attack, anxiety, they're irrational, you know? So you're not going to talk sense into them. You know, you just have to like listen to them and, and, and talk them through. And then, and then let's just add like, and then what if they're transgender and they think they're a girl and they're a boy? Like that's a whole nother set of problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. What we've done in the medical and physical and emotional, spiritual harms we have put on society is absolutely maniacal. It absolutely is. I couldn't agree more. It's just, it's so sad to see. And it's a lot of that damage that that has been done. It is going to take so much time to undo that that damage. And it's been on it's on an entire generation, really, honestly. Um, and it's it's been really heartbreaking to see, but I've never seen this level of specifically medical anxiety that I have uh, on this kind of younger generation that have come up through COVID. And I can only imagine what it's going to do to the children that were very young through COVID who were being masked and, and all of that, the level of fear and anxiety that these children are going to have. And then unfortunately, you know, pass on to their children. Um, It's, it's so disturbing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had parents, you know, cause I'll ask a kid if I'm in there, why do you have your mask on? Mm-hmm. And they, and they look and, you know, and I've had parents say, oh my gosh, thank you for saying something. I can't get that mask off of their face. Nobody ever says anything to them. They just allow them to have it. And I try to get it off of them, but it's like a security blanket. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're right. It is. You know, how many teenagers wish that you could just hide from people, you know? Kind of like when you put your sunglasses on. I still do that. I'm like, okay, like I, I feel like I'm invisible or something if I have my sunglasses on. Right, right. Like, excuse me. I don't go out without my glasses. I don't go out with my shades on. But it, does, it makes a difference. And you're right. You're just like kind of hiding in, in a way um, from people. So I can think of uh, better ways to hide than putting a mask, inhibiting your breathing and um, inhaling your own CO2. And it's like, it's like a Petri dish. So uh, please don't do that. It'll, it'll make you sicker and then it will uh, protect you from anything. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, See, all right. I think we've got one last question here. Oh, okay. Um, All right. So this last question of, I I'm not sure if it's the typo, Jody. Um, but what the name? Yeah. <laughs> what? So what is it? Um, I don't know if it's, it's a, okay. So it's phallus, phallus. 
<laughs> I don't know if it should be Phyllis. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that name. I had a we had this a baby come in and you had a baby come in Phyllis? No, listen to this. I I've never even heard that word. I think I've heard it before, but I I you know, if I had to pick it, you know, with three different words and tell me in context what this means, I, I probably would have picked it right. But there was three of us nurses and these other ladies were like in their 60s and the doctor said um, yeah, you know, they had some cosmetic procedure on his phallus. Um, but there, and, and, you know, nobody said anything. And then a little bit later, I was like, Hey doc, what, what was that? That what's a, that P word? I, I can't remember. And he said, phallus. And I said, yes. And I said, what, what is that? And he's like, penis. And then the other two nurses are like, it's penis? And I said, oh, my gosh, you got about 100 years collective experience right here. And we've never heard the word phallus before. So, yeah, it was it was kind of funny. But phallus, Phyllis, okay. Really hope your name is Phyllis. If it's not phallus, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Um, I don't laugh. I just, it just kind of caught me off guard. Uh, phallus. <laughs> yes. I mean, it almost sounds like a Greek god's name. Well, okay. There you go. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm get myself to get, we don't even know what phallus's question is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Phyllis. Phyllis, I, I'm a little slap happy. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, anyway, Phyllis would like to know when should I be using povidone iodine nasal spray? I'm confused on how often I should be doing it. Jody, I'm gonna let you take it. <laughs> well, I will say that it's the head on top of your shoulders. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's sad. You want to focus on? Okay, all right. Let me get it together. All right. Oh. Oh. When should you? I'll tell you. You know, there's different protocols, right? We have FLCCC. If you're sick, you know, they say to take it like every four hours while awake. You know, a couple squirts in each nostril uh, in the beginning of you know um, the sickness. Uh, because that's where viral replication occurs. How do I, I'll, you know, a, a different ones say different things. They say when you're in close contact with people in areas of poor circulation and ventilation, meaning no good airflow uh, and exchange. Uh, you're, you know, in a house with the windows closed and, you know, it's uh winter time out and you have the heat on, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, or if you're going to games, uh, concerts, if you work in healthcare, it, it, it doesn't hurt, uh, to do it, but I don't, I don't take it like that personally. Um, I've, I've come to know my body pretty well and, 
I can tell if, you know, it's a little environmental thing that's going on. Like if I'm having some sinus issues or a little cough, or if I'm, you know, getting sick with something, but nonetheless, if I'm feeling congested or I have a cough and it seems to be like lingering, I, I absolutely will do a couple squirts up each nostril and also, you know, in the mouth. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kimberly, you know, I don't, I mean, if I'm traveling, yeah, that's sometimes usually, yeah. I do it. Yeah. yeah. How do you take it? I, I usually take it just like that. Like if I feel like something's coming on or, you know, I'm going where there's going to be a lot of people, a uh, heavy, you know, a traffic area, like an airport uh, or, or you know, like a concert or something like that, I will take it, but I don't do it on the daily. No, no. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. And yeah, it, it it's kind of like, I just listen to my body or, or I think, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a case by case. I, I like using the saline, um, yeah. as like, uh, as a, a lubricant, just, yeah. uh, misting it. You like that too. Yeah. I do. I do. I absolutely love it. And I, I, I love that little mister that I got. Thank you for that little hack Jody with the little nano mister that we kind of inhale the uh, saline and hydrogen peroxide. Well, we'll get into that. Oh my gosh. No, we're running out of time. We're like, we're actually, we're out of time. Oh, okay. Well, that was so quick. Well, Jody, thank you for being here. Dallas, thank you for your question. Um, But that is all the time that we have for today. So be sure to join us here again, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern uh, with a different nurse host daily. You can catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember that we are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time